Welcome to episode 449 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man sitting across the table from me. No, he's not wearing his patented scary hat because we gave it a Viking funeral last week. And you can check out that video on our Patreon that does not exist. It's Russell John the Fisherman. What up, y'all? What up? How y'all doing? I am pro the fucking soundboard today, even though it keeps making note of. I think it even made one during that. Yeah, we're in. A, I'm in a fight with the soundboard today, and I'm glad y'all could be here to witness it. Who were you, and what have you done with Russell <laughs> I Fisher? Know. I don't know. I was trying to take a shot at the soundboard, but it got me back in midway through. Also, on the convo of hat. Yes. Hat culture. Uh-huh. Uh, the, um, you know, here's the bit. You know, I'm going to go ahead and let you all behind the curtain. It's behind funny because I paid too much money for a dumb hat because I'm addicted to material things. And Oksana told me not to get it. I got it and I went, I don't like it. And I said, but I'm going to fucking wear it because you're going <laughs> to yell at me if I don't. So, uh, you know, Dasha has a new hat out. I don't know if you saw it on X. No. Go and give it to you. But it's a camo hat that has uh, cerulic. What the fuck do Russians write in? Is that correct? Sure. I think so. What do you mean you think so? You read it. I, I took a picture and I sent it to Oksana and said, what does that say? And she, what did it say, Oksana? It says Red Scare, phonetically in Russian. Oh. Yeah, and I said, oh, cool, are you going to get it? And she didn't answer me. So, Oksana, I'll ask you again. <laughs> are you going to get the camo hat that has, a, we think, cerulic on it? And also joining us behind the wall in the booth. We've already heard from her, but it's Oksana Valerinova Osachi. Hi. Um, apparently, they also have a bucket hat on the Red Scare merch. Oh, oh no. of course they do. You know what? You could pull off a bucket hat. She could do it. I would never try. Come on. They're Give it a go. No, thank you. Get some bell bottoms to match. I used to wear those. Not going back. Whoa, I don't you remember You used that. to wear what? Yeah, the 90s, hello. Did you have a bunch of zippers <laughs> The 90s, <on> hello, <laughs> goodbye. No. What? Yeah, it, fashion cyclical, and that one can, uh, it can stay gone. Fashion cyclical. The 90s, <laughs> what were you? You were 10 in the 90s. <laughs> no, she wasn't. Uh, at one point, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really have bell bottom? I now here's yeah. the thing. I imagine that they're like flared raver pants with a bunch of zippers that don't go anywhere because Hot Topic had the corner of that market. Or were they? Uh, no, they were the um, obnoxiously big bells. Um, I think they were like 32 inches. What? Because for some reason they would advertise the size of the of the bell. Dude, how big's your bell? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. So I think the brand I liked more was called like Angel Pants or something. Oh my god. Oh wow. I can't even look at these. They're so I don't know how I did it. Did you have a fucking Dr. Seuss hat too? No. <laughs> I read one of the meanest critiques ever. So if you're in the Bay Area, there used to be a metal store across the street from Amoeba called Shaxel Records. And he was one of the most like curmudgeon metal fans ever. Like He's just like bitter about a lot of shit, but yeah. also very positive, like most. And uh, he went to a, what, it was like a black metal folk show. And he was like, I will never go to another show where I see a Dr. Seuss hat in the pit. Oh, man. And I was like, oh, God, he paid, I think it was Corpsiclani? No, Fintrol. I think it was Fintrol he was seeing. And it was just, it, 
it went down in history in my mind. It's one of the meanest things you can say about a fucking culture. Although I have seen people get on the floor and try and do, God, they tried to do this thing. They were calling like the long boat row on the pit where they get around each other. Like they're all in a canoe rowing. Yeah. It's the fucking cringiest shit. Well, you never rode crew, dude. <laughs> you don't know the life. Dude, no karate in the pit either. Sorry, Randy. I did karate for a little bit. Did you really? Yeah. Did you when apologize when you accidentally hit somebody? No, not in the pit. <laughs> no apologies in the pit, dude. <laughs> no, I didn't do karate in the pit. I did karate uh, as a as a wee lad. I got to like a purple belt. <laughs> so then you were you could not do karate in the pit because you actually had like a weapon. Exactly. I was afraid I might actually kill somebody. <laughs> To register your weapon is I, I love that. Do, now, does the belt diminish? Like, if you got back, would you still retain your accolades? I doubt it. Well, then you had the belt. Yeah. I mean, do you have to, like, turn it back yeah. in? Yeah. You, yeah, did you have to go back <laughs> to your sensei? I mean, you're wearing it right now. You're clearly proud of it. It's true, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that the skills haven't held up. I don't know how to uh, throw a punch these days. Do you wear it on dates? <laughs> Occasionally. Do martial artists do that? Do you tie it around your neck and jerk <laughs> off? <laughs> no comment. Whoa, Ken Park. Okay. Hell yeah. Um, all right. Well, my update I wanted to give is that uh, I, think, I think I am up to episode seven of the first season of Twisted Metal. Oh, really? Yeah. Hell and you're having fun? I don't know if I would characterize it as having fun. But I'm not hating it. I hate it. It's terrible. I get it's, it's here's the thing. Relationship they with the put, game. They put I think it's I think it's solid production on the show. I think you spilled so much water. <laughs> Did any water go into your mouth? I, I looked at you and I saw a steady stream of water going directly into your lap. I only felt it on my foot. <laughs> What the fuck, Oksana? Oh, what the hell? Randy, did you see that? Partially, Randy? yeah. Oh, dude, it's I'm what? wet. <laughs> yeah, because water went directly <laughs> on But you. I don't feel it anywhere but my heel. <gasps> it Why was a beautiful trajectory. Oksana, did you do that on purpose? No. <laughs> this this <laughs> lid was not closed at all. I mean, oh that's God. on you, brother. Oh my god! All oh, right, I didn't see it. Though. Sorry. Very good. Back to Twisted Metal. They put a lot of effort in the show, and it's it's odd of how dramatic it has become. They there are a lot of feelings in this show. There's a lot of drama that's been happening. Uh, there was a comedic sex scene. I heard about that. It Hell will yeah. live on in infamy. Why? People do not like it. Because they, they fucked in a ball pit? I think it's because of the dialogue. I don't even remember. Yeah, I mean, I heard people talk about this a while ago. Yeah. But, you know, it was one of those things that came up where it's like, it gets good if you get past episode six and forget about the ball pit sex scene and ignore the fact that the main characters are quiet and John Doe. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much wrong. Well, that's the thing. It's like, I don't care. You know, I'm just trying to take it as it is. 
Uh, I enjoy Thomas Hayden Church's uh, H. Stone. I just like him as an actor. I thought he was an interesting choice. I I I will tell you right now. I've got no issue with uh, Will Arnett's uh, Sweet Tooth. Oh, Will Arnett and Samoa Joe. Yeah, I do. He should have been a villain. But I, they're taking it in this uh, direction. That's yeah. kind of fun. Mm. Kind of fun. Yeah. I mean, you're really selling me right now. Yeah. I mean, no. I the yeah. that's the thing. Um, and also, Mitch is great. He's from yeah. the Doughboys. He's he does a great You're job. You're completely biased, and he's forgettable and bad. He's not forgettable and bad. He's terrible. He's doing what he does. He, That's he his brand bad on film. I That's how he like, looks. I would say like it's rude of the director to have filmed him at all because they should have been like. That's how this he is looks. Not your medium. He, he does a great job. <laughs> he's he's funny. He's good. In fact, I think the show's incredible until he appears. Then it really just goes downhill. Nah, dude. Taken down. The I haven't seen it, but nah. <laughs> Randy's like, I would blow this dude, but I can't bring myself to watch the show. Yeah, I can't sign up for Peacock. <laughs> Again? Oh, God. It is on Peacock. How are we watching it? Peacock. Oh, my God. We pay for that? No. Okay, good. You can watch wrestling on Peacock. I know. You can watch all the WrestleManias that have ever been. Through your Peacock subscription. I also heard that the uh, car violence diminishes as the show goes on, too. Oh, very much so. Then what? Then it, they fucking did a bait and switch. The thing is, is like it's it's become a very little car. Uh, then what are we doing? I mean, <laughs> well, 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 we well, doing? well. In one episode, I think in the episode prior to the ball pit, uh, <laughs> the incident at copulation, the copulation. That's a found footage. They movie. they come across a. No. Community of eighteen wheelers that are—it's like a snow piercer situation, but oh, for eighteen wheelers. It's like a human centipede, and they kind of, yeah, <laughs> basically, and they surround Evelyn, which is the name of his car, and then they basically swallow up his car into the eighteen wheeler uh, human centipede. Oh wait, Evelyn's the name of the car. Yeah, but the people are John Doe quiet. and Quiet. Dude, they're really clever here. They're yeah. giving human names to the damn dude. I gotta go round two. This show's good. I'm back. <laughs> I mean, it's it's fine. It's fucking dumb. And the thing is, I like the IP. That's all. That's, that's ultimately that's, what it comes. That's down the to. thing. Yeah. And I I think that you know choices were made, and those choices left you out in the cold. Which is the problem? Because this is this is it's becoming more. It feels more like a network show structure. Yeah. And um, I think that's where it's it's throwing you because, like I said, dude, they're 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 going deep in their feelings with like family shit and uh, loss and all this stuff. And um, also, it just I'm hoping that they can tie some things together because right now it just feels like a lot of loose ends (laughs) uh, on some narrative things. But uh, again, it's it's fine. It's okay. I don't hate it. It could have been a fucking fever dream of like car violence to car violence with no threat yes, at George all. George Miller was never going to I, take over for Twisted Metal. But they could have done a very bad interpretation of George Miller and I would have been fine. Yes, I'm saying yes. Yeah. You're not wrong. There there were many different other directions that this could have gone, that it could have lured you in and I would have probably been on that a little bit more. But this, I don't know. There's some decent stuff here. 
<laughs> I don't hate everything about it. Dude, episode three, the DMV. Oh, man. Yeah, that, mean, that felt like a tired joke. God, it was a whole episode. <laughs> well, uh, not only that, but it was kind of a, it's kind of a recurring theme for a couple of the episodes. About the red line, and you're going to go to the end of the red line. Oh, my God. Which is, of course, the Hoover Dam. Which, of course, feels like a weak-ass homage to, like, Escape from New York. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, come on. I don't know. I just wanted more. No. What, but, what made you watch it? No, it's it? fair. Uh, I think the sheer boredom. Okay. <laughs> I th- you know, again, I Despair. did I did watch episode three. I had I Randy's can't... purple belt around my neck. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's one or the other. Uh, I, I put it on because Oksana told me to. Again, if you remember, she's like, are we really going to watch this whole show? Is this a joke? Are you turning it off? And then yeah. we got done recording and she said, I don't know, put on Twisted Metal. I think she's hooked. Y'all got to finish it. False. <laughs> she was wearing bell bottoms, dude. Oh, she's dude. taking a weird turn. <laughs> um, okay. Well, you know, up top shit. I should mention that uh, we recorded another HB Known as Horror Boner. Oh, dude, I like HB. Jasadi gets on, he goes on a rant about Jehovah's Witnesses, and I'm worried we're going to get our oh, YouTube channel blocked. But if we do, it's for a good cause, according to Jasadi, the East Bay cinematographer. And I, uh, you know, Randy, I took a dive into the vinyl floor headfirst. Hell yeah. And uh, man, it's a weird piece of art y'all have made because it's like, Again, I, I tried to pitch this to Randy off What there. a compliment. No, well, I'm like, I, they need a video component. And I'm like, it's because y'all don't play the music, but you talk about a lot of music. And yeah. in a way that makes me want to listen to the music. But also as a collector, like when you, what you were talking, I think in the first episode, y'all are talking about one speed bike and like sure. uh, no yeah. more, no more poopy butt or something. What is it? Something no more- like that. Yeah. Drew yeah. butt be gone, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like. Dude, it's interesting. I wish I could, like, if you had a video component, I would watch it, is what I'm saying. I would like to look at yeah. the vinyl. Yeah, it's so fucking I've been trying random. to sneak some more, uh, like, five to ten second clips in when we refer to things. I know. Randy's getting tricky on there. I, You know, there was a time where Randy was talking about something, and there's, like, a slow swell of the audio behind him. And Randy's just narrating over the actual audio he's talking about. And I just imagine, like... Clark listening to that on the show and being like, what the fuck is Randy doing? (laughs) But it was good because I think you were talking about like ambient noise of like a clerk in France that opens up an album. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. And it was like, that's kind of, Randy's getting a little cute, but I liked it. (laughs) Clark, I think he would pull his hair out. (laughs) Being fun with editing, dude. I know. Renny, I think there should be a segment of the show where uh, instead of playing the songs, what if you just hummed it? <laughs> That's good. Yeah. I don't know if I'd be good at that. I think I'm pretty tone deaf when it comes to uh, vocals. Christian, yeah, maybe. Yes, yeah, he can point. sing. It's the bit. It's <laughs> part of the bit. Okay. Yeah. You, when Christian's like, did you have a favorite, Randy? You just, you hum it and he has to guess which one. <laughs> I was, I was bummed to hear that you weren't into ABBA. Yeah, I don't care about ABBA. It's old people music. Whoa, dude. <laughs> I mean. Dude, save the hate for that podcast. Don't bring that here. You gave him very little and he took it so far. I know, dude. <laughs> God Gotta damn. have a take, dude. <laughs> yeah, hot takes on ABBA. Dude, honestly, I was kind of bummed. Dude, I, ABBA's cool. I was waiting for Randy to bring some, like, I don't know, some intellectual new take on ABBA. And he was just, like, not even playing ball. 
<laughs> you just wouldn't. I don't even think you said you liked. Did you listen to the whole thing? Uh, a good portion. I don't think I listened to all See, every Chris, song. Christian let him off easy. He didn't push <laughs> him on it. He didn't really dive into it. I'm like, it sounds like Randy didn't do his homework. Randy doesn't like happy music. Uh, is that true? Randy, Maybe. what happy jams do you listen to, dude? Good question. <laughs> Thank you so much. Dude. It's all doom and gloom with this guy over here. What about I like a, a, I like a melancholy tune? What about Bernie Mac? He used to talk about happy rap all the time. Bernie Mac happy rap? Yeah, it was on his show. He's like, don't mess with my happy rap. Now that makes me think of like a weird rap at McDonald's. Oh, okay. Uh, Wesley Willis. Okay. He was happy. He was happy. He didn't make happy music, I don't think. People don't no, he seem was to not be- happy. He killed himself. I don't think uh, people are happy whenever his songs um, just appear in the car while we're driving. Well, because it's talking about, you know, eating the wolf man's ass or whatever. <laughs> what about Rock and Roll McDonald's, dude? That's very good. Hey, does Christian have any of those albums? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. What's Wesley Willis. I- Oh no, no, no! I don't. Probably not. Well, it's it's going to be episode ten thousand yeah. before I'll get to yeah. y'all. Got to let Clark pop in, and he could bring the frogs. He could bring some fucking culture. I don't have any frogs, actually. <laughs> I mean, give you a reason to buy one. You could bring the Cannibal Holocaust soundtrack. Oh yeah, oh, hell yeah. yeah! You could bring um, what's that? Uh, I can bring all my Henny Youngman records. <laughs> what what is the um, that uh, the Shags? Yep, I don't think I have that on vinyl. Dude, what the fuck? It's hard to find. All right. All right, y'all ready to start the show officially? Let's do it. All right, well, you know what that means. Because we got money. We got sponsors. We just don't play them on the air. So we can afford to fly out our friend. Good morning. It's August 13, 2023, and it's a Sunday. Day two of weekend projects, and the fun work train is rolling. Today, I once again head to a dining car where I will be ordering another coffee and a cookie. I'm a fan of the 2015 film Hitchcock Truffaut by director Kent Jones, but I will not be throwing up like Randy. And today, in one of the work cars, I will be working with Rebar. Everyone, have a great day. Dude, David, it's so good to see you again. All right. That was all the time we had with David. He's a little weird. I think he's taking some like athletic greens or something. Hell yeah, same. Really? Uh, I take it occasionally. Yeah, <laughs> it helps digest those cookies. We we go down some interesting roads <laughs> on the show, don't we? <laughs> I told you he listened. Clearly, he's been on. Man. He heard that in joke. I mean, that was a long time ago when that happened, too. You know, yeah, you know when it was. It was day two. <laughs> <laughs> he had a frog in his throat. <laughs> Oh, that was very enjoyable. <laughs> it's good to see he's working with uh, Rebar again. Rebar. <laughs> All right, Randy Michael. Yes, sir. <laughs> I know it's a tough act to follow, but uh, you can do it. Well, so, uh, speaking of Twisted Metal earlier, I had a little bit of Twisted Metal myself earlier this week. <laughs> God. Uh, I, I haven't been watching a ton because, well, Monday night at about 5 p.m., 
uh, a gnarly storm came through uh, Atlanta and there's a lot of trees in my neighborhood and a tree went down. Uh, multiple trees went down in the neighborhood and one hit a uh, electric pole like a block from me. So I was out of power from 5 p.m. on uh, Monday until about 4 p.m. on Tuesday. Mm. And also on Tuesday on my way to work. So you, you the, had to uh, sleep in the heat? Yeah, it was like 75 in the house, which oh, isn't that's terrible. That's okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Tuesday morning on my way to work, I uh, was on the highway just, you know, coasting, going a little 65, 70 miles per hour. And um, someone came up from behind me and hit my back right tire. And he spun out and uh, I was able to recover pretty quickly. No one else was involved, uh, which is kind of surprising for being on the highway, like during, uh, you know, hours where people are going to work. But uh, I was out of a car and I had to deal with uh, insurance and all that stuff uh, throughout the week. And uh, I finally got a rental. Not uh, not my preferred type of rental, but I just took what they could give me because uh, apparently, you know, rental cars have been sparse since COVID. Yeah. yeah. What was so they in? Hummer. A oh. Buick Enclave. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Fuck and yeah. I request, I, I reserved, quote unquote, a compact car. <laughs> Close. So, yeah, I, I, like I said, I wasn't going to complain, you know. Oh. I'm sure they're dealing with enough trying to get cars Bro, in and out you of got there, a but straight up grandma car. I know. It's, it's pretty, uh, pretty big. I'm not a big fan of uh, big cars. They feel like they take up too much space on the road and uh, I'm not, not used to it, but. Is the new car smell rose water? <laughs> <laughs> it it doesn't have too much of a smell, but uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a nice new huge big old SUV, and uh, I get my car assessed tomorrow, and uh, I'm guessing I may be in store for a new vehicle pretty soon. It's currently un- not drivable. There is a bit of twisted metal, as I mentioned. Yes, thank you so much for uh, going back to that joke again. It's of course, you know. And again, I know I told you all already, but when I got that text, because he put it in a group that he had gotten hit, I don't know what I was doing, but I had read it that somebody came up from behind and hit you with the tire iron. And then you said, but I was okay because I spun out and blocked it with my shoulder. And I was like, oh my God, Randy. It's the world you live in. In the world I live in, Randy can uh, predict a tire iron coming to the back of his head and he can block it. Do you know why? That blue belt. Got that purple belt. He's probably wearing it around his neck. (laughs) That's right. It was a purple belt. I did not mean to offend you. to the bit. I thought it was blue. Purple. No, purple's royal. Randy's a royal. (laughs) But yeah, besides the, uh, you know, the uh, unfortunate accident and the uh, power outage, we've also been having a ton of like small power outages throughout the week. And I'm kind of surprised between the th- three hours we've been talking today that I haven't lost power yet, but knock on wood. But don't uh, worry, we only got three more. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so w- when I had a power outage, I watched uh rewatch Francis Ha because uh, it's one of my, my favorites. Good, great. Uh, Greta Gerwig, Noah Baumbach movie. You would call uh, it, and I, you would say Francis Ha Ha. Correct. Yeah. And I, uh, I watched that because I have a hard drive full of movies uh, and my, my laptop so had battery. But uh, besides that, I finally watched a movie by uh, William Friedkin that I hadn't seen because, uh, rest in peace, he, he died this, this past week. 
I finally watched Sorcerer, which I've heard many good things about. Wait, on Freakin' Died? He died. Yeah. How did I miss it? Freakin' Died. You were watching I don't know. Paul Rubin home videos. Oh, God. Work's really gotten <laughs> out of control. <laughs> I didn't know Freakin' Died. He, he died. I didn't talk about it because I didn't want to. I um, oh, it, it bummed me out. I never, I didn't see anybody talk about my boy freaking. And it's weird with you know Exorcist coming out too. You would Man, think. Man, I didn't know he passed away. Yeah. Well, R.I.P. Raise about time you watch one of the greatest movies ever made. And even now, Clark covered it on here and did a great job. We yeah. all watched it at the Alamo. Mm-hmm. That was great. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, it's Randy, pretty good. We'll see you next time. I dig it. It's a you know I don't know if I needed the. 45 minute build up to the movie. Oh, oh my fuck God. You. What, the, what are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, there's some intense stuff in it and like all the explosions and like all the violence is like very effective and looks incredibly, you know, realistic uh, and everything. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I was waiting for them to get in those cars with the nitroglycerin, dude. That's the only thing I'd ever heard about the movie. And it takes an I hour was- to get there. I was dreading them getting in the car with the nitroglycerin. In that 45-minute build-up, That's the whole thing, though. You start to, like... I I like that because it gives the audience, like, different opportunities to root for people. Like, who's your guy? Like, pick a guy. And then you may they may be a little bit different once they get on that road. And I don't know, dude, Randy. What the fuck? I feel like you're just messing with me and Clark now. Like, they could have cut an hour out of that movie. (laughs) I mean, overall, I mostly loved it. It's like like four, four and a half, probably. Uh, oh. And it's it's really great once they get on that it's uh, five. sketchy road trip uh, through the jungle with the nitroglycerin in the car. And yeah, I, it'd be interesting to see a, uh, I don't know how much behind the scenes footage they would have filmed back then, but uh, I don't know. It looks incredibly real and like it was probably difficult to shoot and everything. And uh, yeah, it's, it's very suspenseful. It was very tense. Like, you know, had a little... Uh, Mom spaghetti, palm sweaty while watching the uh, movie, you know? <laughs> it's uh, it's very good. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, but now I'm confused because y'all always rag on me for having an incoherent rating system. Randy called for the editing of a half of this movie and then says it's a four and a half movie. Hey, the but- only thing everyone tells you about is that they get in these cars with nitroglycerin and they have to drive through the forest. So that's what I was expecting. I and get then, it. Uh, you know. It just wasn't what I was expecting. It's like, oh, there's some good stuff in there. I just, I, I wanted to see the, uh, the the road trip. Apologies to Waylon Green and George Arnaud for trying to build some story. <laughs> well, it's kind of like, you know, I watched this movie and everybody kept saying it was about the Sharknado, but they were developing characters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, the whole thing is like, because Scheidner's like, you know, he's a, he's a drifter. All these guys and, and how... You know the the team uh, the team had to assemble, Randy. Yeah, Avengers, dude, they did it. One hundred percent. I just think you know when you have a movie that could be one note like that, like oh they're in a truck and it's like incredible, and it, you know you get a mom spaghetti going, it could get very boring too if you don't have that ground level of like I give a fuck about these dudes. Oh, man, I really like that movie. I almost feel like maybe I wasn't present enough in that Alamo. When we watched it, because I, I feel like it should have had even more of an impact. Who did we see that with? We Somebody weird went. We had a, we had a weirdo. Us. We had a weirdo. I mean, we typically do have a weirdo because you have a weird thing. 
And I remember somebody was, they were not thoroughly impressed. And I remember thinking, you're a fucking idiot. Didn't we go to the comic book store after or something? We yeah. Walked. Yeah, we did. Who was the weirdo there, Oksana? Do you oh. remember? I don't. I'm looking. All right. Hopefully they're <laughs> dead. Because <laughs> they were like, it was, it was cool. Yeah, well, they're dumb. Well oh, I think I know who it was. I think I know who it was. We don't need to talk about that. Well, Randy can blur it out. I think it was Carlo. I think so. Yeah. Oh. Exactly. Leave like- it in. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it in. Who gives a fuck? Give also, a fuck. Here, okay, well, while we're on the subject of a, a person who means nothing to anybody, yesterday when I was playing uh, <laughs> oh Adventurer Conqueror King, a true that, came out, has never been that came out a little bit meaner. Uh, again, he did he served in the Air Force. He's a national hero. But yesterday he did text us. He's two a hours, nervous freak. Two hours into the uh, the game uh, of tabletop that we were playing. And he was like, I'm not coming. I'm playing Boulder's Gate 3. So fuck you, dude. Oh, it wasn't him. Why do I remember him being there? Oh, I couldn't tag him, but um, someone else went too. We don't. It's fine. I, although, the, you know what? Let's lean into it and make this a new segment every week. <laughs> Two years ago, who went to the movies with That's us? Right. All right. Uh, yeah, dude. Um, four and a half, Four Randy? and a half, Randy. That is, that's really strong, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, uh, you know, Harry, if he listens, there's like, there's no five stars usually, you know? Yeah, but Harry, Harry's got, <laughs> Harry is almost like uh, Robbie. Smith, who we talked to this week. Spoiler. I know. I know we like to hide that. But Harry is like one of those. Yeah, thank you for putting so much effort in. <laughs> Harry loves film. Again, we're talking about Harry Nordlinger. He loves it, but he's also full of venom. And he's ready to tear down fucking everything. Oh, yeah. But then he'll love something like Skinnamarink. He'll be like, oh, Skinnamarink's the best film in the past 10 years. Because <laughs> why do you think that is? Because he's a fucking character and I love him. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I know, but it's so weird. Like he fucking like I, he's not afraid to tell us when we program something, and he's showing it at uh, the Balboa because he works there. He does projection. He'll be like, "Yeah, I fucking hated that movie," and I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> all right, we're about to intro it." Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> which he's he's very vocal about to us. He's respectful, and a lot of the times he'll sit there and talk to the director, and he'll come up to me after and be like, "I fucking hate that movie." Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, it's no skin of a rink." Then we S- high five. Skin of a stain. <laughs> Randy, when are you guys going to cover the uh, Skin of a Rink soundtrack on the vinyl floor? Oh, dude. Fuck yeah. Is there music in it? I don't remember. Uh, Just static. In this White house. noise. <laughs> in this house. Fuck yeah. that movie. I got it on Steelbook. Why? Because it's fucking Did, classic cinema. So it does exist? <laughs> it does. Okay. Hell oh, yeah. It's a rare commodity. Uh, yep, a Walmart exclusive. Very nice. Weird. <laughs> I know it is weird. All right, do we have a, we got a retread coming up, Dave? No. I don't know, but thank you for the warning. Uh, this was a retread. You know what? Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, oh, no, I played the wrong thing. That was Randy uh, on Monday or whenever he had that accent. Oh. True. <laughs> Randy, I didn't know you were on the freeway, man. Oh, yeah, I was on uh, Interstate 20 going uh, west. To work. Damn. You're coming home. I mean, I think it goes pretty far. I don't know if it goes to <laughs> California. <laughs> it just, just kept driving. Uh, this is not Get a retread, but this is a, uh, a movie that Russell also saw this week. 
Uh, oh, dude, which, don't fucking out me like that. I feel it doesn't happen a lot unless all three of us see a thing. I don't know if Russell and I see That's the true. same thing in the same week. Oh, isn't that special? Uh, he's, Randy's probably regretting watching it. We'll see. Not at all. I, I watched uh, Mother May I, the uh, new movie featuring Kyle Gallner from Dinner in America, who also has like two other movies out currently. Uh, I did watch Blu-ray Tuesday with uh, Terrell. <laughs> where he talked about his uh, Kyle Gallner triple feature. Hell yeah. And I've only seen uh, this one so far. Uh, Mother May I, directed by Lawrence Vanicelli. Uh, and essentially, it's basically two characters. It's uh, Emmett, played by Kyle Gallner, and Anya, played by Holland Roden. And uh, essentially, Kyle Gallner's uh, mom passes away, who he uh, does not really know very much, but she gives him the house so him and his girlfriend or fiance go to uh you know check out the house and they're pl- they, they're planning to just you know sell it or whatever so they want to go uh clean it up and whatnot and um you yeah you get uh some information essentially that yeah like i said his uh his mom has not really been in the picture and he's kind of uh got some got some issues there uh that you will find out a little bit more uh, as the movie unfolds. But um, him and his girlfriend, Anya, they, whenever things get like a little heated or whatever in conversation, they do this like sort of therapy, like role play game or whatever, where they sit on two sides of a table and they set a timer and one plays, they play each other, but then they switch seats and then one plays the other. And then they kind of like try to psychoanalyze each other or like talk about their, feelings and their issues and stuff and what they think the other person might be uh going through or whatever gross um and that plays it sounds a, unhealthy uh, that game it does, I, yeah. I kept thinking that the whole time i'm like don't do this it, it, it yeah it gets brutal too even like before it gets too far into the movie there's a couple i don't know jabs i felt for sure um but yeah essentially they're in this like big beautiful uh house it's in like upstate New York, it's like two hours away or something. I think they say, um, you know, very like, it's like sort of like in the, uh, the country, essentially there's like one or two neighbors. Uh, there's like a shed outside and there's just like, house is beautiful. I don't know, uh, you know, where they, where they found the location or whatever, but, um, great, great location. Um, really good cinematography, but, uh, essentially, uh, you get a little bit into the movie and then, uh, Kyle Garner's, uh, fiance, Anya, essentially becomes or is pretending to be his mom in very convincing and very weird ways. Um, and then that, uh, yeah, unravels in a lot of very sort of interesting, uh, conversations and it's kind of creepy and it's, uh, it reminded me kind of, I guess more in aesthetic and sort of like the location and stuff of, um, queen of earth. Um, the Alex Ross Perry film. Um, and yeah, I, I'm a big Kyle Gallner fan from uh, Dinner in America. And I thought the both of them um, were, were great in this. And like I said, the location, the setting was great. Um, acting was really good. And uh, yeah, overall, I really <sighs> like a, uh, you know, I was just talking about Sorcerer, how I wanted them to get in the vehicles. <laughs> this whole movie is just them in one location. Uh, kind of, you know, you, you you get to it. You spend about, two minutes on the mom passing away and them kind of like paying for, you know, all the things. And then they kind of get into the, uh, 
the story here. And uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I dig it. What'd you give it? It's yeah. probably like a three, three and a half, but I gave it a, the Kyle Garner bump to a four. Cause uh, oh. yeah, that's my new thing. The Kyle Garner bump. Is the that a KGB? Is that a Barbie bit? Uh, I don't, I, he, he wasn't in Barbie, but no. I uh, don't they say bump for like the Kendall crotch? Uh, maybe do they? Do, I don't know if they do in the movie. They might outside of the movie in the real world. Now again, I haven't seen Barbie, but that, I heard people talk about that all the time. Like, oh, he's got a big bump. Like that was a joke in the bump, Barbie movie. Bump, bump, Randy, you hey, cried during this damn movie. I thought hey, you knew there's it a lot of it. jokes in the movie. It's easy I, to miss them. <laughs> I saw it twice per minute. Really? I did. Did you wear pink both times? I probably wore all black both times. <laughs> <laughs> black, pink, good group. Um. I'm glad you enjoyed this one. I uh, I jumped in. I was telling Terrell, I'm like, please recommend something. I feel lost now with all the horror movies coming out, and I need some ground. And he told me this. He was like, hey, uh, we should watch Mother May I. And uh, I like the like psychological thriller kind of, hey, let's do shrooms, and then weird things will happen, and then we we become unreliable narrators. Usually they don't pan out very well, but yeah. I, I, I thought this movie was really well done and it it's kind of, it's like a relationship horror. You show yeah. up with somebody and you have an idea of where you're at and then you have a long weekend and you, you know, you let the inhibitions loosen a little bit. And maybe when you breach the emotions that you've been holding back, you discover things that you didn't want to know. And I think this movie really relies on like lending yourself to the film. It does hint a little bit more horror than it is, which I mean, it is existentially very horrific. If you, if you're in a relationship and you take, what was the movie we just talked about where uh, it was a relationship drama? Oh my God, we just had a guest on. And I remember thinking the same thing. Like if I was in a worst relationship, I feel like this would be a nightmare to watch with your partner and just be like, Oh fuck, this is us. Um, and now again, we did record uh, that horror boner and I was pretty drunk talking about this movie and we just kind of like spoil the whole thing, but we go into it more on there. So Randy, you should check that out and let me know. It's funny. Jasadi yeah. came into that being like, I didn't like it. And we're like, what the fuck dude? And then we talked to him. He's like, okay, I like it now. And I'm like, Oh, he just needs some help to get there. Yeah. A little I, help from his friends. Well, you know, this, here's the thing that He's never... He's a cinematographer. You mentioned me and Randy usually aren't the ones that end up watching a movie randomly uh, and connect on it. So, Randy, what do you think Clark would think of this movie? Uh, I don't know. I think you dig it. There's enough there. Uh, you know, I'm not a... Uh, I'm not a scholar. I don't go to therapy. There's probably some pretty sort of basic sort of... Uh, therapy and uh psychology stuff in here but like i said it's it really just comes down to the the two of them and their relationship and stuff but uh yeah I, i've seen a lot of people sort of shitting on it on letterbox but uh i thought it was thought it was good chris yeah. Moki's in this i saw that too and i'm like where is the hate coming from and i i think it's almost like an icarus thing like if you fly too close to the a24 model and you don't make it there for people they instantly just turn on you and i don't but I don't know. I thought it was really good. And I think you're right, Randy. Um, but instead of like scholarly, I thought this was more like 
I took a couple of years of college and I, I know a little bit about Freud and I'm yeah. going to like lean into that. But I yeah, think that's, that's what I'm saying. It's probably kind of basic, like Freud stuff or whatever, but I, even that, I don't really know a whole lot anyways, but yeah, it, I guess I could see people that maybe know more seeing it being kind of like, I don't know, ground level when it comes to that type of stuff. Yeah. But that's stupid because I think it's ground level by design. Like I think sure. these people don't know it. So like, yeah, that's one of those things where it's like, oh, these characters don't know enough and they sound dumb. And it's like, yep, yeah, that's the characters. Like, yeah, I don't know. Also, while you were talking, I looked up the uh, director because we have a director writer here and oh, yeah, um, yeah. he had written porno. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I remember not enjoying that movie at all. Same. So I'm, I'm kind of shocked. Much I think this yeah. complete turnaround from porno. But again, um. He directed this one too. He did not direct porno, but I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. I'm glad you dug it, Randy. Look, we can connect on a film. Hell I know. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. It's very sweet. No, because whenever we get off, Clark is like, you and Randy, you're hardly even friends. You don't <laughs> like anything the same. You just, you fucking, you show up and you try to have like chemistry and he's like, it's fake and I want it to stop. I'm just telling you what Twitter's saying about the show. <laughs> it's X, Excuse dude. Me, X. Thank you. I refuse to say X. Well, I'll be in town in October and we're not going to hang out. That's oh, not true. We'll you, hang out. Yeah. Okay. When in October? Uh, it's the weekend around my birthday. So I think it's like the 20th, 21st, 22nd. And I think I leave on the 24th. Okay. All right. Yeah, Saturday. I think I fly in Friday at like 11 a.m. And I fly right. out on like Tuesday. Cool. Okay, well, that's in the middle of football season, so <laughs> pick so your spots very carefully. We have to watch football-themed horror movies. Or football's back. We're about to talk it? about it very quickly. Anything else, Randy? No, sir, that's it. All right, well, uh, we won't... I need to talk about Beanie Babies first. <laughs> now is this uh, movie related or did you just buy a couple this over the weekend for okay. reason, now again the only reason uh, ladies and gentlemen boys and girls that I'm talking about this movie is because I I didn't know I, I did not know of this movie's existence prior to me clicking play to watch this movie it was literally oh this is a thing I hit play I, I don't know, regret's a strong word because <laughs> yeah, right. I knew, I knew what I was getting into here to a certain extent. I mean, but I had to do it because this year alone, this year, within this calendar year of 2023, I have talked to you about the Air Jordan movie. Mm-hmm. I have talked to you about the Blackberry movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. I have talked to you about a Tetris movie. And which is the movie you're going to talk about now? And now I'm talking to you about a Beanie Baby movie. <laughs> I wish it was. <laughs> it is the opposite of that. What? No way. So uh, this stars Zach Galifianakis. Oh, <laughs> wait, hold on. <laughs> Elizabeth Banks. No, I'm <laughs> uh, Sarah Snook from Succession. Here's the thing. I, Galifianakis used to be 
all you would have to say. And I would be into a movie. Now it makes me run from the movie. What happened? Was it hangover? Maybe. Am I, I the only one? I, I think <sighs> I think there was an oversaturation of uh, Galifianakis. That's true. Yeah. But I will say that um, I, I I will always be a fan of Galifianakis and, and what he does. He's, you know, I think he's a unique comedic voice. He was a stand-up, right? Yeah, he did stand-up. And and he did he brought his own weird like well yeah because that was the thing is like he was one of the last ones that yes I I would say internet helped him but he wasn't like he didn't blow up because of the internet because it was all pre that mm-hmm. uh, he blew up because of his special he did at the Purple Onion in San Francisco Zach Galifianakis live at the Purple Onion kind of went viral and really yeah from that was early Netflix. He was early Netflix with Live at the Purple Onion. That thing. The went, Purple Onion had yes, a live. Yes. Do you, is that why you were going there? No. So this was the original <laughs> Purple Onion, which oh. is a historic club, which was around the corner from the other Purple Onion. A story I've told you at least five times. Okay. But now it's really sinking in. Yes. So <laughs> you got to have that Galifianakis. Hold on. I have a tangent for you. Did you hear about the thing that happened in North Beach like yesterday? No. Did you hear that San Francisco approved driverless taxis? No. They have. Oh, Did you hear that they all shut down in North Beach? <laughs> <laughs> no. They all came together and shut down. And there's videos of people in the street just panning from left to right going, oh, what is happening? And there's all those stupid cars are just like parked up on the curb. Yeah. Dude, the city's not going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week. I... Here's what this movie is, and I, I want to keep it short here because I, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of positive things to say. <laughs> Good, we don't want to. What hear you that. have here is the guy who did the beanie bub, the beanie babies. His name is Ty. T Y. The tag. Fuck yeah. Here's the thing. Oh, it's the tag. A hundred percent. So the whole purpose. I mean, the opening of the movie is. Basically saying that the three women in the story, this movie is about them and not Ty because Ty's a dick and he's the asshole. And we really built Beanie Baby and he stole our all of our ideas. That's what this movie is. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Now also, one of the characters is not a real person. But at the end of the movie, they still say what she did for the rest of her life. Of like, uh, blah blah was able to uh, pivot her career into marketing. Wait. That person did not exist. They created um, Maya's character. She was like an amalgamation of two other characters uh, that were um, integral into the uh, creation of Beanie Babies. But didn't want to take part in the movie. No, no, no. Like, no. They created her character to make it a better movie. Ew. Yes. I hate so that. So she, she is like, um, she does not go to medical school. Instead, she interns at the Beanie Baby store and then immediately becomes his right-hand man. Um, and he then does not promote her at all. And she is like, supposedly the brains of the operation and um, she makes $12 an hour. And so like, okay, well that really didn't exist. So 
I, I don't know. The whole thing is just, I mean, sure, maybe he's a dick, but like this is not an interesting interpretation of it. I mean, yeah, it turns into, you know, it's a girl power movie and that's cool. Great. Wonderful. But like tonally, it's very weird. Um, Galifianakis does not, he's, he's, he's playing it fairly straight. Okay. Um, and by fairly straight, I mean a little gay. <laughs> Cause he always, he's very good at the Faye thing, but like Tina? his character is also supposed to be a womanizer. Okay. And, um, but he's not doing you know, the Alan from the hangover, like yeah. he's, he's giving it a go, but like, I don't know. The whole movie's just, uh, not very fun. <laughs> the Beanie bubble. Does it matter that the two people they phased into a fake one is a pretty girl? She's beautiful. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. what did the other two look like? Well, Sarah Snook and Elizabeth thanks. Oh, Oh, Okay. This is too confusing for a stupid premise. Yeah. I mean, also, did you ever own a beanie baby? Oh, for sure. Um, and that was the thing. It's like, I think that I, again, it's just the treatment of it, right? And this is an Apple TV plus movie. Okay. <laughs> and like, it's, it's clearly trying to go for the broader audience sort of thing. The broad um, if we, well, audience. thank you so much. <laughs> Sure, I think I would have appreciated more of a you know a Matt Johnson Blackberry approach to uh -huh. this. Uh, that's not what we get. We get a lot of needle drops. We get a lot. Of, you know, it's it's a big to do. Ew. Um, I will say the 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 opening credit sequence uh, was actually a very technically <clears throat> impressive. What they did, there was an eighteen wheeler. This was a national headline uh, when it happened, and they, they recreated it in the film, and this is how the, the title sequence opens up. An 18-wheeler crashes full of Beanie Babies, and Beanie Babies go on the highway, oh. and people start freaking out, and they're fighting over the Beanie no, Babies. No, no, no. That was in Twisted Metal. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're confusing the two properties, dude. Now, the thing is, like... Again, it's it, it looks beautiful because it, they they slowed everything down, and so it's like a bunch of Beanie Babies floating, and like <laughs> we're cutting through. It, it is technically yeah. impressive what they were able to do. But then, if you actually like pull back and think about it, it's it's all these boxes just explode with just raw Beanie Babies popping out. Like none of them are individually packaged. There's no plastic anywhere. It's just all these Beanie Babies just loose in these boxes. Sounds rad. It looked great on camera, yeah. but it, again, I think it was a perfect way to look at how you're going to enjoy this movie or how you should take this movie. It's like, yeah, it looks cool, but like when you really think about it, the whole thing's, it's dumb. It's funny. You reminded me of a Not Skeleton really. Witch music video that Adult Swim funded oh, of course. where there are uh, mascots versus zombies and they get in a car fight and uh, the mascots are full of stuffing. It's actually, it's very pretty. Last thing I'll say about the Beanie Babies, and they make a big deal of that, is, um, you know, the reason why he was so successful with it, because it was less stuffing. Really? Yeah. Oh, wait, I'm confused. Is that, are you joking? No, no, no. That was why, that's why people liked the Beanie Babies. And they liked his, um, he started out making stuffed Himalayan cats. Oh. And they were popular because they had less stuffing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, for Halloween... Um, I like to really have a fully realized concept. So I was a butcher of stuffed animals 
and I had a bunch of accessories like sewing needles and stuff. I butchered a Beanie Baby and I actually uh, was thinking like a wizard in a fantasy movie and I had a spell component that was a, the sack of a Beanie Baby. Those things are brutal and the beanies are still all over the floor downstairs. I'm shocked you have not tripped on one. I imagined immediately when they spelled, I'm like, Clark's going to come down here and fall immediately. I'm very fleet of foot. I know. <laughs> I know that now. About? You have a good grip like a hobbit. All right. Uh, now, as we talked about, uh, f- I mean, every day I wake up and we're getting closer and closer to football season. I'm just, I'm very thankful that we are in August, uh, the initial month of football, as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, week zero is just a, a few days. Very exciting. And because of this, um, I was, now, I, also because of the, I, we are, just get prepared. We are, we are in the, the center of the eye of the hurricane of fascinating sports documentaries that Uh-oh. are coming. And it's through the Netflix Untold series. Um, you know, we're about to talk about the Johnny Menzel documentary, which is fantastic. Uh, this, this very week, the next episode, I will be talking about the University of Florida's documentary, which covers Aaron Hernandez, Timothy Tebow. It's going to be very good. And Urban Meyer. Mm-hmm. Get ready. That one, oh boy. Mm. Very I'm exciting. Out. I'm kind of interested in Menzel because I heard a bunch about him and then he got drafted and it was over, right? So here's the thing. Uh, you know who this is. Yeah. Randy, have you ever heard of Johnny Menzel? Nope, just Adina. Okay. I was interested to see <laughs> because Johnny Manziel became wildly popular and he became wildly popular because of his off the field antics and raw talent. Well, that's the other thing. I, all right. So I'll preface it this way. I've been watching college football my entire life. I know it pretty well. I've never seen anybody like Johnny Manziel play football. And so when you see this kid, who's five foot 10 and he's not the fastest guy in the world. He's not even the quickest guy in the world. He doesn't have the strongest arm. His ability to make things happen out of nothing is, is rare. He has a, a rare and special talent to be a gunslinger. His Brett Favre was his idol, right? And so you can see that the way he plays football is very similar to that sort of Backyard Brett Favre bullshit. <laughs> Which again, me being from the University of Southern Mississippi, I have to stand by Brett Favre and all of his nefarious money-making decisions. Actually, a lot of people have kind of bailed on him. Uh, the government's coming after him, by the way. It's not looking good I thought you Brett. came after him after you saw him naked. No, I was I was honored that he had a penis that's similar to mine. <laughs> Highly unimpressive. I'm like, okay, oh, great. Yeah. So, uh, so that's that what is like, Johnny Manziel won the Heisman Trophy as a freshman. He was the only freshman to do that. The first freshman to do it. And um, just and he only played two years of college football. Then he went early and went into the NFL draft. Um, and I think he lasted one year in the pros. Yeah. Uh, he went in the first round. And it did not work out in the pros. And became like the laughing stock, and people were saying that you know he couldn't he couldn't cut it in the pros and yada yada yada, and he really didn't care. He just kept on partying because that's what he does. Um, well, this documentary uh, pulls back the curtain on everything that was going on. Um, 
you know, and some of the stuff is that you can imagine of like, you know, him him being able to procure uh, urine so he could pass his test and him doing, you know, little things like this. Um, and there was a controversy of him playing football that he was taking in money um, illicitly. Now, at this time in college football, college athletes could not get paid. Mm-hmm. That is not the case today. Today it is a completely different landscape completely different landscape 10 years ago when johnny manzel won the heisman trophy no athlete could get paid for anything including autographs if like you sign an autograph someone gave you a ten dollar bill that is an ncaa violation you could lose your college status as an athlete because of some bullshit like that and i mean you know johnny manzel made no bones about how much he hates the ncaa he is not alone in that they are horrible the, the biggest crooks we've ever known mm-hmm. on this planet as far as I'm concerned. Outside of that. It was the narrative that was painted. Um, so Randy, what was happening is that Johnny Manziel became a overnight sensation when he beat the university of Alabama, when nobody thought they were, yeah, that Alabama was unbeatable. And here comes this freshman uh, beats him at Alabama and then he becomes he he gets on and then he wins the Heisman and he gets on Letterman. I mean, he's all over the place. He's hanging out with movie stars and he's sitting courtside and it, people are like, how is he paying for all this? The narrative was that he came from a very wealthy family. He came from oil money and that he is and that he even said that, you know, hey, I, I come from wealth. And, you know, fortunately, I was I was blessed with this and I'm able to you know, do all these things, yada, yada, everybody bought it. This documentary explains that all that shit was a lie. Oh, wow. And he was making money off autographs that him and his buddy, his high school buddy, who he called Uncle Nate, because he was the guy who got all the dirty stuff. He did all the dirty work for Manziel. And they got him hooked up with this guy in Miami who would every time they would fly down there and he would spend eight hours signing autographs, they would give him thirty thousand dollars in cash. And so they would they would always be going back down there. And that's how it was. And they had the cover story that he came from this wealthy family. Nobody knew nothing. That is the lamest fucking scam in the world. What are you talking about? He went down and was signing autographs? Yeah. That's so... 30 grand a pop. I know, but it's like, I can't be mad at that. Mm. That seems not fun and like... No, I'm I'm just saying, (laughs) no, I have have great respect for it. No, I mean, it's great. It's just lame. It's like, what was he doing? Oh, it's like, oh, he was signing eight by tens. Yes, I mean, (laughs) I I think when when you look at it in today's glasses... Yes, of course, because now you look at what the landscape is today and, you know, athletes are are getting, you know, million dollar contracts in college. It's insane. There are there are several athletes in NCAA football and baseball, I would even assume maybe where the players are getting more than the coaches. Mm -hmm. I get it. You know, this is college. Uh, it, It has now become, you know, amateur sports. It's it's professional sports now. Um, so. I mean that was that was that that one blew my mind when when they when they let loose on that one and then the, another one that people are talking about is uh, when he got drafted in the NFL the story of the combine that was crazy 
of his agent. I would recommend you watching the movie just so you could hear the his poor agent of all the horror stories that he'd said of like him putting up with Manzel of of him just trying to get through the combine because that's the agent's mindset was I don't really care what you do in the NFL you need to get drafted high so we can get paid and that was the focus and he got drafted 24th which is not high uh there are 31 picks in the first round so he, but he got picked in the first round. And so that was a win for him. And he went to Cleveland. Uh, he was very clear. He didn't want to go to Cleveland. Um, it's also, you know, he, he talks about his mental health issues and, and, uh, you know, being a, a partier and, um, in the NFL, it's very important for, uh, all players to be, it's, it, your job is to play a game, right? Yeah. yeah. And in order to that you need to prepare. So you have to watch game tape. That is, that is, the Bi- that is your Bible. That is your job, not only on the outside of the job, outside of the field, you got to watch the game tape. You had to be prepared. In this documentary, they explained that in his entire time in Cleveland, his iPad, then they can track how much he was watching on his iPad. Yeah. Was it zero? Damn. And then he confirmed, he went like this zero. <laughs> he watched zero game tape. And he reaped the benefits yeah, of it. Yeah. Because he, 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 he explained that he did not want to be there. He didn't want to play football anymore. He was done. Oh, man. And so now that's where, you know, a lot of, um, and, you know, there's been a lot of discourse about the documentary, and, and people still love to hate him. Um, and, uh, you know, and I don't know. He hasn't necessarily cleaned up his life. Yeah. Um, he's not sober. Um, I was just watching him on a, a, a different uh, golf YouTube channel I watch where he's doing shots with these golf guys. You know, he, he lives uh, on golf courses in Scottsdale now, you know, he's, he's living his life. Yeah. That's a bummer. If you buy into who you hoped he was, because I remember they were kind of pushing him as like a wholesome all American, like just that, athlete. That party special. stuff got out quick. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And that but was I remember the a lot of people denying it too. Well, like, that, that and, you know, the, Johnny, you know, yeah. doing the money sign, Johnny football. Yeah. Dude, it's great. Is a great doc. My favorite Johnny is Phoenix. You remember what movie that's from? We'll see you next week. <laughs> it's a football reference. I'm not off there. I don't know. Arnold's in the movie. Arnold's Nothing. And a football. It movie? opens up with the. Oh my god! Don't hurry up so I can move along. It's the sixth day. Never seen it. Okay, oh, watch that. Well, just watch that part. It's a good moment in cinema for football. Is it? It's not, is that Verhoeven too? No. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. That movie's a, yeah. That's the clone movie. The clone. He's, I'm not a clone. I don't know if he says that. It just seems right. This morning, I rented a motion picture. A motion picture that uh, Russell John the Fisherman and Oksana Valerian of Osachi uh, went all the way to the East Bay in Union City to go see in the middle of Barbenheimer. Yeah. Madness. They went to go see cobweb very quickly it went into video on demand and i was able to procure it that way through a six dollar and 99 cent rental horror strikes when eight-year-old boy named peter tries to investigate the mysterious knocking noises that are coming from inside the walls of his house and a dark secret that his sinister parents kept hidden from him from director samuel Bowden. cobweb 
in your description and review of the movie, um, you know, it, it hearkened, um, antlers to me. Um, and, and I would say that, you know, we're dealing with a child that's of similar age of that. Um, we, we see this boy in school, this boy is being bullied in school and there is a teacher that wants to take care of this child. Yeah. So all of the, because the teacher knows that something's going on at home and all that checks out for both of those movies. And that's about it. Yeah. Uh, obviously the end, then, you know, they go into different directions. Um, oh man, it was at the tip of my tongue. There's another, um, movie that, that kind of mirrors this. Uh, I'll get to it here in a second, but let's talk. All right. I really enjoyed this. Um, and in Thursday's episode, we kind of talk about cobweb. We spoil cobweb a little bit, kind of. Uh, well, eh, don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> so, I liked that this movie is a, is it's a it's a build for the end right we don't get a whole lot of um we get a little bit of nuggets spread throughout mm-hmm. but we don't get any we don't get any spooky creature for 85% of this movie yeah. until the last 20 minutes and we cover a lot in the last 20 minutes because i'm you know, I'm wondering how we're going to tie some stuff together. And I don't know if we fully did tie uh, some things together. And I don't know if it fully matters. Um, when I'm trying to figure out what is this movie saying, I don't know if I've got that right now. Um, again, I just saw it this morning. And I, I don't know. I'm a little hazy on that end of it. But ultimately, when we pull back from, you know, any sort of subtext and stuff, what do we have here? We've got a solid horror movie that really is patient, and I appreciated that patience. And I think that if you've got patience with it, too, it's, it's going to – you'll pull through on it. Um, the kid is great. You like the kid. You want to be your team, your team kid. You're not team parents. I think it was good casting with the parents. You've got Anthony Starr, who is Homelander from The Boys. Uh, The Boys is a pretty big show. And I think that Anthony Starr has kind of painted himself in that Homelander uh, casting type. To where I think if you cast him in the movie, you know he's going to be bad. <laughs> like there's going to be, he has a, he has a, uh, he has a very good bad guy face. And I think that's why he's so good on the boys. Also, I think he's Australian, by the way. Yeah. I didn't watch the boys and Terrell had pointed out like, Oh dude, he's playing the same character again. I'm like, I don't, he was a new face to me. He's very good at like, um, angry face of like being tight lipped and just looking and yeah. just staring through your soul. He's very good at that. And then Lizzie Kaplan, uh, coming in from the comedy world, um, she she plays a great uh, mother that's just lost it all. Manic mama, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. She is manic mama, and uh, great. There actually is a a great um, 
sort of uh, dream sequence involving her as a uh, spooky little scary. Yeah, and, uh, it worked. I enjoyed Good that. Good jump scare. And then Cleopatra Coleman uh, plays Miss Divine, uh, who you queued up with, you know, your pink flamingos. Um, mm-hmm. She's also... She's great. She's in a lot of things. Infinity Pool. Yeah. She's the wife that leaves uh, the author on the island. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's great. Terrell pointed that out, and I'm like, it's not her. He's like, yeah, it is. She's beautiful. You don't remember? Yeah, she's great. She's I'm beautiful. like, Miss Divine is much thicker than that girl. She's got futons. She's got a. She got two futons for lips. Yeah, I. But yeah, no, Terrell was correct. Woody Nor. Oh, dude, that kid's name is Woody. Yeah. Oh, hell, he's great yeah. in uh, "Come On, Come On." Oh shit! That's film. him. Damn, dude, he's 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 popping all. He's over. got a fucking career already. Oh, dude, he was in the current war. Yeah. I saw that hunk of shit. Never <laughs> <laughs> saw it. Dude, he's been he's got fucking credits already. 17 of them. Was he 10? I know, dude. It's fucking crazy. Uh yeah. So I don't know. I don't want to say too much about it, but like I said, I think I enjoyed the pacing of this. I enjoyed that. I didn't know where this was going. I I I had a feeling throughout most of the movie of I had an uneasy feeling. Yeah. I knew we weren't headed. I knew it wasn't going to end well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and I, I, I liked that. It's got a unique kind of story where it doesn't ever feel like things are going to get better. They can only get worse. And what I mean is like, hey, the boy you're rooting for is trapped in hell in, in this like haunted house. And when Miss Divine shows up, you're almost like, just leave, bitch. Like, you're not going to help. I already know this movie, and it can only get worse if you get murdered. Yeah, but she's so pretty. I'd run away with her. No, but I, who wouldn't? But I'm just saying it's like a black hole, this home. Oh, so yeah. it's like the movie, you never at any point are like, oh, I can't wait for the happy ending. It's like, no, just end now so that you don't have time to like bring more people down with you. It, uh, dude, I'm I, glad you liked it. I like the house a lot. Yeah, it's great. The interior and the exterior are... Polar opposites. Yeah. The The exterior of the home is, um, boy, did it need to be uh, scraped down, get a new <laughs> coat of primer on there and a whole new, uh, you know, couple coats of paint on there, and it would have been good to go. A beautiful Victorian-style home here in uh, any town, USA. Yeah. And, uh, Randy, they got a nice little uh, pumpkin garden in the back that uh, looked wild. <laughs> That pumpkin garden looked crazy. Maybe maybe you'll remember now when I was talking about this, it was unlike any other holiday horror film I'd watched because they kind of they kind of had these mean characters eating pumpkin. And I felt like that's a part of the celebration, like you have pumpkin pie or something. But they were making like pumpkin bread and it almost felt like a fairy tale where like this family, our food is like porridge and pumpkin product. Because we have a pumpkin patch, but we're not celebrating Halloween. Like, it was almost this, like, weird limbo the kid was in. Yeah. Because they wouldn't let him trick-or-treat or anything. And he lived in, like, fucking Haddonfield. Everything was so dolled up for the holiday. Yeah. And he had a pumpkin patch in his own backyard, which was only more horror. It wasn't, like, beautifully, like, uh, photographed. It was oh, yeah, because it's pumpkin rot. Yeah, it felt like the exterior of the house, which was neglected. Yeah. And then you go in the interior of the home. Beautiful house. Oh, it's a dollhouse. It reminded me of Malignant. 
I love that kitchen. That was a beautiful kitchen. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like all the rooms felt too big. A lot of wallpaper. A lot of, yeah, a lot of like furniture attention. Yeah, that was the thing. It's like the outside, unappealing. And honestly, but the inside, a lot of eye candy. Yeah. And so, you know, what does that mean, Russell? Probably you got a secret door behind your fridge. Okay, good, good. Randy, there's a secret door. <laughs> and Deborah Wilson's behind it. I mean, that reveal, again, you should have watched this movie by now. If you haven't watched it, we're not spoiling it. But there's a moment where it's like, you're grounded. It's like, then he starts walking away. Like, where are you going? He's like, I'm going to my room. He's like, no, you're He's going like, to no, the basement. No, no, you're grounded. You're going to the dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> Let me move the refrigerator so I can but send you to the The movie dungeon. kept doing that. Like, it kept revealing that it had a new depth to the pit. I, yeah. Dude, I, yeah. I, but I the thing it. is, is like, if you're looking for resolution, no breathing. you're not going to find it. There isn't one. That's what I'm saying. Life is hell. <laughs> also, do you know who produced this? No. Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen. Oh, huh. I did see that name, and I remember when I saw um, Seth Rogen, I immediately got worried. Of course you did. I don't like him. Why? Look at what he's doing for the turtles. I hate his laugh. <laughs> I remember uh, the last time I remember actively listening to him like talk about movie production, he got on a tangent about how smoking weed on a treadmill is the only way to lose weight. And I'm just like, Ooh. Oh, yeah. and I'm like, I fucking hate you, dude. Yeah, he's a big weight guy. I fucking do not like That's why him. He's, tight. he's also a rat. He turned his back on his Pineapple Express brother. He ratted him out. And I'm sure he's just as dirty and probably more creepy. Well, the Hollywood baby. I know. Dude, I don't know. I'll take, I'll take, dude. All right. I understand everything you're saying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but Jonah Hill's worse. Okay. <laughs> Jonah Hill's worse because he's better at it. I think oh, he's, he's such a scummy he, scumbag. He feels that way. Oh. And I didn't even watch Wolf of Wall Street. Ugh. Dude, have you heard the stuff about like what he said about his girlfriend and like rules for her? Oh, no. Oh, I'll show you some Wait, stuff. he didn't get canceled for it? Uh, No, yeah. but it's not great. Randy, you know what I'm well, talking hey, about? It doesn't sound good. <laughs> yeah, he's just being insecure and dumb. And I guess his girlfriend was like, an avid surfer or something. And he like, didn't want her to like take pictures of her in her bathing suit with other dudes or something. And then the internet, you know, responded to it. I don't think yeah, he like got canceled necessarily, but people no, are just thinking that he's being shitty. A lot of it had to do with, with therapy speak and how he's manipulating, uh, things that he learned in therapy to yeah. benefit himself. Mother. May I check it out on VOD yeah. now? <laughs> so that's the thing now it's like, it, yeah, it's just like, Icky stuff. He sat her down at a table and he's like, we're doing role reversal. Yeah. Dude, Clark, watch just those parts because they feel so wrong. Yeah. But it's a good character piece and it's like, oh, she's a pretty girl and this guy wants to be like understanding and and you're just like, don't do this. I, uh, I'll close out Cobweb by saying I, I would have appreciated a little more story. Less is more. In terms of of why we are where we are. I'm not even saying, just, I, I don't know, just a, a little bit more. And maybe, and I would have liked a little bit more of the the spider creature. Um, I don't know. I just feel like it, it could have used a little bit more fleshing out. 
but I, I liked how ambiguous everything ended. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, there, there it's, there's some, it's, it's solid. Well, that's what I, you know, I like comparing it to um, Goosebumps, but like for adults, like it's way, it feels like kind of out there in the genre, but it's a little bit too gritty for like a 14 year old, maybe. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, I, I would watch it as a 10 year old. That'd be fucking tight. That was right. good. Killing kids, bro. I'd throw it on um, for Halloween. I think that might have to be in our rotation now. You're not bumping out pumpkin carver, are you? We can't. You know, I fondly think back to when we had um, uh, the cellar dwellers on and Christian recommended pumpkin carver. And I was like, oh, yep, yeah, yeah, we're friends. <laughs> like, that was such a weird one yeah. to throw out there. Bone Daddy and Skinner, I think. Yeah, look like a carver. Dude, fuck yeah. And again, hey, Randy, can the vinyl floor do an episode on that? Sure. There's probably music <laughs> in it. We could talk about something. Dude. I would love to hear Randy's breakdown of Pumpkin Carver. Also, a lot of uh, pumpkin talk in the new episode of How To with John Wilson. <gasps> oh, boy. It's they out. also mentioned Sorcerer on that episode, too. Oh, oh. now it's all coming together. Down two behind. Are, are, you, are you done? I'm done. All right. I got three movies. I'm going to be quick here. I know I always say that. I try to go a lot of words per minute. That's my <sighs> vibe. Just keep it. We'll keep it. I, I try to bring you a 20 pound bag in a 15 pound bag. Is that how it goes? 20 pound show in a 15 pound bag. Uh huh. Let's try again. I try to bring you a whale in a canoe. Keep that. I in. try to shove it all in. And I, I try to appease the master over here, Clark, who glares at me when I review a film. He's just I looking. I have sunglasses on. He's got three watches on and he's just constantly I have looking. Zero at, watches on. Well, what happened? I know. I forgot. Freaking died and you're like, I didn't I even know he died. That's freaking weird. Man, I feel terrible. And I also felt terrible after watching the new film, The Lost Voyage of... Wait, no. The Last Voyage of the Demeter. A crew sailing from Carpathia to England find that they are carrying a very dangerous cargo. That's Dracula, of course. We oh. all knew it. You know it coming in. Dracula. Now, the title... Now, okay, Dracula, a lot of old monster stories. You know, Mary Shelley, when she's having an orgy and writes about Frankenstein. The thing is, that a lot of them wrote in like a kind of found footage literature styling. And I know because you all tell me all the time. And I'm not complaining. I know Carrie was written as like a document. I'm into it. I just don't read that much. And it's <laughs> funny It's funny that the, the last voyage of Demeter... Opens up with uh, finding a the, the captain's log. You know, like in Star Trek, when they would record it and get that VO. We find the captain's log. And it's like, there was, I knew it wasn't going to happen. I mean, I knew it wasn't going to happen. But I'm like, well, the director did do Troll Hunter. Maybe we'll get a weird kind of like in-world camera. No, we don't. Yeah. But that's a utility title up there. The Last Voyage of the Demeter. It is not catchy. It is not. Dude, and it's going up against heavy hitters right now, too. Oh, yeah. And um, I, you know, I hate to say this movie is fine. Everything is good. Uh, it, I think the casting was good. Also, you want to talk about casting? Our uh, boy pops back up in this one. Woody Norman from um, from uh, Man, Cobweb. He's all over the place. And you know what? He's great in this movie, too. We got Desmalchia. There's, there's a problem here, though. The movie is kind of boring. And I only, I mean, kind of, it's a very important adjective here because it's a two hour long movie and I wasn't dying to leave the theater. It's just, 
the movie is completely safe. And it kind of undermines all the things that are cool about it. Like the ship interior. Oksana brought up a good point. You would think that this movie would utilize the horrors of being on a boat in a period piece. And honestly, the the ship and the voyage, it's all perfect. Everything seems to be going well, except they had to have fucking Dracula on board. If it weren't for that fucking Dracula, everything would have been fine. They would have got a bonus. In fact, there's the mise-en-scene here is something that I want to highlight because in no way is this boat real. It can't be. Yet it felt like you knew where to go. Like if you were transported in this movie, you would know you'd be like, oh, here's where all the livestock are. Here's where all the, <laughs> the crates of Dracula are. Here's the above deck area where people are hanging out, knocking on boards. It's important to know where the crates of Dracula. Well, it's important to feel like, you know, which of course you don't because the, you know, the blueprint, the geography of a film is nothing. It's fantasy. We all watched Room 237, dude. (laughs) Exactly. And unlike Room 237 in The Shining, this boat is not claustrophobic. Like, there's something beautiful about The Shining being a vast area. Like, this giant building. And, you know, there's only three people in there. Yet it feels claustrophobic and it's choking and you want to get out. This boat felt so comfortable. And I can't get it out of my head since Oksana pointed it out. But the problem here, it's not Dracula. It's not the crew who actually gets a lot of airtime, even though it feels like we never really get to know them. There's a little bit of a problem with this movie was more uh, interested in being an action film than a horror film, even though there's very little action. It, it really felt like this was a production nightmare and it feels like they're trying to reboot the universal monster shit again. And there's just no interest. The movie ends kind of with, more movie. And it's one of those things where you're like, you're not going to have a part two. We're never going to get a conclusion now. Also, we have a main character who's obsessed with killing Dracula by the end of it, but he's not. Not unless he thing. moves ships. Because this is the last voyage oh my of God. the Demeter. It's <laughs> the Demeter. The Demeter. There's so much. The, the problem is that this movie's not bad enough to be interesting and it's not good enough to be interesting. Mm. It's in that perfect limbo. Lukewarm water. It's two hours long. It had an interesting director who feels completely restrained by production. And I mean, if you want to talk about it, I didn't love the design of Dracula here. He was interesting. The CG didn't look bad. It's a uh, Spanish Doug Jones. But there are moments in this movie that could be great in a more um, I don't know, collaborative production. Like, it was fun watching this with Terrell because there's a lot of rats early on because they're trying to paint the picture of the boat. And Terrell's just flipping out next to me. He's like, why the fuck are there so many rats? And I'll sit there and I'll have a little history lesson with him. I'm like, well, you know, historically, boats were known for having rats. It's how the plague came across seas. It's it's actually a huge problem in ports. And he was like, (laughs) and later on in the movie, there's this great opportunity when they point out that the rats are gone. And they're like, this is a horrific moment for all the people on the boat because there could be no worse of a bad omen. It's like, where did they go? Yeah. Why aren't they here? And Terrell's like, the fuck? This is a good thing. And then they're having this conversation about there is no boat without rats. And he's like, well, I ain't ever getting in the fucking water. And him having this back and forth. The problem was there was no impact the way everything was captured on film. And I don't think it was the director's fault who, you know, if you look him up, he's done a lot of shit. Andre Orval, Orvdal, I can't, I don't know. I'm not Randy. I can't get these names. You know, I can pretend. Um, he did Troll Hunter. He did the autopsy of Jane Doe, which is probably my favorite 
film that he's done. He did scary stories to tell in the dark, which I think if you watch that movie and we're also kind of like, I, I mean, it wasn't bad, but I didn't love it. And you probably forgot you watched it. Yeah. That's what he did again. There was one, I remember the one cool part, the uh, toad lady. Exactly. There might be moments in his movies that really stand out, but like the autopsy of Jane Doe, again, not a perfect film. I, I remember not liking the ending, but that was like a four-star movie. Honestly, the best part of that movie, check out our buddy Ilan Sheedy's cover art for that. Oksana, can you check? I believe it's Raven's Banner that put it out, but he did a fucking fantastic Blu-ray release for that. Um. Yeah, I don't know. So, man, I can't recommend it. This is a movie that you want to wait for VOD because then you can pause it and do something else and come back to it. There's just nothing here. Um, but again, it sounds like a three to me. Yeah, it was total. It's an all day three. It's a perfect three. Um, what do I want to talk about next? Uh, what do you want to hear about? I got another Kyle Gallner movie or I got a uh, genre film, a horror film that stars Daniel Harris, Robert England, and Bill Mosley. The other one. Okay. <laughs> so the movie that Randy should definitely watch uh, that I checked out that is another Kyle Gallner film is directed by Carter Smith, who we had on the show before. Oh. Director of Swallowed. Um, he came back with another genre film. A man is forced to face his fears and confront his troubled past. He must find a way to survive when his coworker snaps and goes on a violent killing spree. I'm, of course, talking about, I believe this is a Bloomhouse film called The Passenger. This movie opens oh, up with. I almost watched this. It's hey, I don't want to overhype it because I think this movie is in the prime position to be oversold. The Amazon Prime, but it's a perfect pairing with Mother May I. If you watch Mother May I first, I think if you come into this and do uh, what our friend Robbie Smith did, no relation to Carter Smith, you might be a little bit disappointed. I think you're asking a lot out of people. <laughs> maybe mother may i again is a you know we're looking at a male female uh relationship of a romantic variety now the passenger is looking at okay male on male it's looking at co-worker relationship between two platonic males there's a lot of interesting style here we then it spend, goes broke back we spend a lot of time in the car no it's you know what? Uh, it's not too much. If you watch a trailer or anything, you'll know. Uh, so our lead character, how do they credit him on here? So Benson is played by Kyle Gallner, who's kind of just a regular worker at this burger joint. And then... Um, is he working grill or is he a... Uh, he seems like a back of house guy. Why can't I find our lead on IMDb? Why does it look like Randall. he's... Randall. Randall. That's so annoying. Okay, so there's a bit in this movie. We have kind of a nobody main character. I like bits. He's trying to stay out of the way of everybody in his life because he doesn't want to cause them any grief or get in the way. It's something I can honestly kind of relate to. I know it's unbelievable. I kind of agree where I am now. But it's just like, I don't want to bother anybody, but I'd like to be included. But I'm not going to ask because I feel like that would be a bother. And that is uh, Bradley. And uh, one of the bits in this movie which really almost made me make a fucking clip show out of this is that when the manager pulls him in he's like, Bradley, what the fuck is wrong with you? You show up to work. You do everything I say. You don't make fun of me and you don't make fun of the brand. What is your problem? And he's just like, I don't know how to answer this thing. And he's like, I don't know. And he's like, here's the thing. There's another restaurant opening 
and they're looking for management. I can recommend you and you will get this job, but if you fuck it off, you will fuck me up. And he's like, but if you do good, it makes me look good. Are you going to fuck this up? And he's just like, no, 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 thank you. Like, I'll do it. And he's like, um, what's your last name? And he's like, Bradley. And he's like, wait, what? And he's like, Bradley's my last name. And it's on his shirt. He's like, what's your first name? He's like, you got a guess? Bradley. Randy. And this opens up a whole door of potential clips. Because what <laughs> happens is Randy gets bullied brutally. By a dude. Now there's oh, there's Randy. a scene in here, and it, it gave me flashbacks to like when I was waiting tables. Except in no fucking reality would this shit have flown. There's the cool guy, and he's there, and he doesn't give a fuck, and he's like a foot taller than everybody, and he literally has a female coworker around, like he's holding her, groping her during a company meeting. Hell yeah! And the, it it flies. Nobody stops him. Well. Uh, that dude, cool guy, bullies Randy into eating an old burger. He's like, do it. Fucking do it. Because Randy says, hey, man, can you leave her alone? The guy keeps saying pussy over and over. So I think, Clark, you'd really like this bully. This sounds- and Randy's like, dude, can you stop? And he's like, what the fuck did you say? Like, it's one of those, like, that dude's never spoken up. Yeah. And you just, you know that because everybody's been in that. And he's like, what the fuck did you say? He's like, I, don't, I, I just think it's kind of rude. He's like, what the fuck? And he, he's like, we could be cool. You got to eat this old burger. And he starts eating it. Well, this is uh, enough for Benson, who's in the corner. He's got a hat, his hat low. He's sweeping. He walks over and he says, dude, cool it. And this guy's like, what the fuck? And he's like, hey, man, me and you've never had a problem. What the fuck is happening? Yeah. Like, you're going to stand up for this motherfucker? And he's just like, hey, man, you just you made your point. Leave him alone. And he's like, so they back off. Benson goes out. He has a cigarette. You can tell he's cooling off. Pops his trunk and gets a rifle. Well, bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> Welcome to America. Dinner in America with Kyle Gardner. Dinner in America. Here's the thing. Uh, the killing spree ends with Randy. And he's looking at Randy and he's kind of like, what do I do with him? And he's like, get in the fucking car. And this movie turns into a road film. They're like road tripping. But he's decided... Benson's like, I'm going to show you that you have more value than you think you do. So let's talk a little bit and we're going to go down memory lane visiting all the people who have fucked you up. So is it a hostage situation or is it not a hostage situation? You know, it, it's tough because on one end, it's a ho- it, Yes, of course. The dude is armed and Randy doesn't want to die. Also, this Randy does not have a purple belt. No, it doesn't seem so. But he also doesn't seem to have any friends. So this is kind of like a new experience. Also, given, you know, the setup, he doesn't really want to make people mad. So this dude who was pushed to murdering people back at his job may not like it if Randy were to try and leave. So it's a weird situation. And I'll tell you one thing. I'm not going to go any more into the story. There was a moment where I turned Oksana and I said, they're not going to do the thing where there's only one dude here, right? And Oksana went, no, I don't oh, think so. No. And I'm like, because, you know. It crossed my mind, too. Yeah, I was like, they could do the thing where it's like, oh, funny. I was the quiet guy and the murderer. And, I mean, we know Randy, and he's totally capable. He got in a car accident. He had a rage inside of him. But You see, Randy's got a fight club himself. I know, dude. Randy's got a purple belt. I wouldn't fuck with him. But here's the thing. They don't do that. 
I'll tell you that right now. It's not a spoiler. This film is good. Watch it bef- after Mother May I. It ramps up a little bit more than Mother May I, and it doesn't have like the objective surrealism vibe going. This is kind of like a I want to get off the ride movie, but maybe it's helping him too. I don't know. It's really cool. Uh, it's it's a little film. Check that one out. It How is many stars. Um, I think four easy. Okay. I think Oksana, what would you give it? She's going to be rough. I can feel it already. She's like, I was going to give it a three. No. I mean, between three and a half and four, I think four is is um, not unreasonable. I would like to buy this movie and watch it again. I liked it. There's no bugs in this movie? Ah, uh, no. But they do have a analog to uh, Build-A-Bear. Oh, very nice. Yeah, so you'd be into that. Um, and then the last film I watched, which is completely... Horror forward. I mean, we've got all the heavy hitters, the Mount Rushmore of horror. We have fucking Robert England. We have fucking Bill Mosley and the queen of the scream, Daniel Harris. And I will tell you, there was a there was honestly a point in my life, I would say early 2000s, where I would be excited for those names on the cover. Now it is three fucking red flags and it's <laughs> it's telling me don't watch it. They're all collecting a check. Turn around. Do not buy this. And I did. We watched it. These are working actors, Russell. This is the thing. When Oksana and Terrell and I sit down, we can watch anything and have fun. And um, I am, of course, talking about the hour and 46 minute long film, Natty Knox. A small town babysitter and the kids she's looking after struggle to survive a serial killer on Halloween. Now... Good job, IMDb. Stakes are high, dude. Here's the thing. This movie, it gave me that weird sense of like a nostalgia that you don't get anymore. Like this movie felt like they actually had tapped into something that felt like a late 80s movie or like an early 90s movie. And it's not, you know, I don't, it's, this is such a weird movie because we're also tapping into that weird stranger things like young kids riding around on bikes doing shit without their parents. And uh, you'll be happy to know that Daniel Harris pays a mom and there's domestic violence. She's in a breakup. And I I love these kids in the movie. They, um, Terrell kept pointing out how they do not look like kids. And I agree. Also, they are incredibly pretty people. This had the stank of like a low studio Hollywood movie. But you know what? I was, I bought into it. And if I'm honest, the reason me and Terrell were really pumped to watch this one is it if you watch a trailer, it teases a horror game, kind of like um, uh, what's the one? Ask Charlie, or like when you play like a Ouija board or Midnight Man, like how they all invent their own. Don't play this game because ghosts can come. Yeah, this one's more of an urban legend. It's called uh, Natty Knocks Nine Times. Oh boy! <laughs> the problem here is they don't really tell you what happens if you don't follow the rules. Again, here's on Halloween, if you hear nine knocks at your door. Don't answer it. It's so many knocks. Oh, it's a lot of that's knocks. Too many. And how do you count? You Here's can't the count thing. nine wild knocks. Here's dude. the thing. I I completely agree with you too. And while watching the movie, <laughs> we would get up around five knocks, and I would be like, "I'm lost. I don't know." Am yeah. I gonna- <laughs> Unless it's but. <laughs> so they were not. There but, was there. It wasn't really a rhythm. I think a lot of the times it would break up in like a four or five. Batch. Oh, then we're fucked. But <laughs> here's the thing. I was the only one who couldn't follow along. 
I would feel lost in the knocks and I'm kind of like, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want to say anything because I don't know if anybody else is lost. The answer is no. Oksana and Terrell fell, followed along completely. Like at one point, Terrell's like, that was only eight. And then one more came and he's like, oh, okay. And then, but here's the thing. Well, Randy's a, a drummer at heart still. So <laughs> I'm sure he'd still he'd keep the time. The thing is, they don't really, so in the small town, everybody knows about it. Everybody talks about it. Natty knocks nine times. They have Halloween decorations representing it. They all vaguely know of this urban legend, but they don't really talk about what happens if you just answer the door. So you're kind of left to think like, oh, do you die or do you, do you, are you haunted? Do you get a curse? Does the ghost of Natty Knox show up? Mm. And these were the questions I had. We do get a little bit of a backstory on what the fuck Natty Knox is. Natty Knox. Do you have a guess? What do you think Natty Knox is? I, 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 I it sounds like a fret boy name. Well, it is her. Again, What's up, I'm, Natty Knox? I'm pointing to IMDb. It's a pretty blonde lady who was a B, um, she was a B actress who was known for being in horror movies. Here's the thing. She had a following. Uh, she kind of fell out of grace like most B actresses do or actors. You're saying the actual actress and not the character in the film. No, the character is a B actress oh, in, the, so in the film. I understand. No, I should have clarified that better. The thing is, it is a little complicated. And we do like a kind of uh, Robert England is our vehicle of exposition here who tells the story of Natty Knox. Oh, boy. And what happens to Natty Knox is when she stops making films, she opens up. She's she's an entrepreneur. So she opens up a one woman brothel and uh, power to her, you know, own it, make your money, grab your coin, as they 100%. say. And she's just going to bone down. Well, something happens and uh, the local women dub her a witch. And much like uh, the end of Robert England in A Nightmare on Elm Street, they lock her in a building and light it on fire. Yep. And it's a little confusing because she's like, oh, I am a witch. And it's like, as an audience member, you're like, wait, was that real? Because she kind of did the like dead bird, stretchy mouth, hollow eyes look. You're like, wait, is she a witch? And that's never really explored, which I'm kind of, I thank you. Um, So in the future, Bill Mosley is a weirdo who has a relationship with Natty Knox somehow and is uh, (laughs) killing people. That's our movie, and thank God. I had a lot of fun here. The third act, when they start explaining shit, it gets a little messy there, and honestly, I feel like it hurts the pacing of the film. I feel like the first two the first two acts reminded me a lot of, um, oh, fuck. There's a perfect film to compare this to, and I'm not going to remember the name. Oksana, what is the movie? We watched it maybe five years ago, and it, it was a horror film about a serial killer who tied knots do you do you guys nocturnal animals (laughs) no no it was like a thing like it was this is a sailor knot and it was like oh dude i know there are people screaming at their fucking podcast right now um oh the uh with dylan mcdermott maybe the woodside killer or whatever something clove hitch killer clove hitch killer yeah yeah so it reminded me of that. Because oh, a clove hitch not. Exactly. And um, it felt like that, where it's like a good contained horror film. It kind of gets a little too genre heavy to be like just a classically good film. But hey, man, a uh, four-star movie. This one had, man, it really lowered the bar too, having those three in it. I'm like, there's no way this is going to be good. I love a low bar. The bar could not be lower. It was so low, you couldn't limbo under it. 
And somehow oh, I came out. You'd be surprised. I liked it. I dug it. Um, Three and a half. Uh, no, I think I'm going to go for. Oh, oh, my Lord. Here's the problem. And I understand. The Passenger is a better movie. But I don't give a fuck. You know what I like? I like to have fun. I like to party. I like. No, you I like don't. cool shit. And you know what? This is a fucking cool movie. Oksana, what, did, what would you give it? <laughs> it was kind of a mess. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, it was fun and everything. I, I, it's just so weird how, like, unfleshed out some of the things are that I like the most. Yeah, but the, I like an imperfect film. I can't get I'd, – I'd have to go three and a half on it, though. You're a heathen. You're a goddamn heathen. What did just, I ever see in you're you? You're just belligerent with your fours. <laughs> that is that fair. But I never wore fucking bell bottoms, so shut the hell up. You would if you could. I would not. I, mm, I eh, maybe I'd give it a try. I don't Dude, know. wearing bell bottoms, fucking rollerblading all over town. That'd be sick. I did rollerblade. Of course you did. Oh, right. we all wish Mighty Ducks. You know, I was just too heavy, though. It was a lot of weight on my ankles. <laughs> Again, um, hey, Natty Knox twice. Wait, what the fuck is the name of the movie? I closed the eye. I think it's just Natty Knox. Natty Knox. It's it's weird. This movie confused me because every old person that they made very prominent on the screen, I was like, is that someone we're supposed to know? Is that like a like a cameo that's of note of some kind? It did have that problem of anybody who talked was immediately, you know, that they would like reoccur. Like there were no extras in this movie, except for that one poor lady I was making fun of the whole time, which I'd rather not bring up, but also not enough kills in this movie. I will say that if you're coming in here thinking it's like a heavy slasher, it's not. If you're coming in here thinking Bill Mosley finally found his like fourth character. Wait, who's he? <laughs> so he's got chop top. Everybody loves chop chop top. He's got um the dude from devil's reject. Yep. I can't remember his name. Okay. So maybe you would think, Oh, this is going to be Bill Mosley third. Like it's back. Lightning has struck thrice. <laughs> it didn't. He's not Good bad. Okay, really? No, thrice. thrice is the band. Shut the hell up. Go wrap that purple bell around your neck. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't listened to him in years. Yeah, Randy, I don't recommend you watch this one. Clark, if you're bored. How, how is it available? Uh, <laughs> for rent on everything that's right it was four dollars straight rental now here's the thing when we got it on amazon prime uh amazon prime was fucking with us because it's like rental uh 5.99 but it was crossed out and next to it it said 2.99 or 3.99 and we're like why like well what's going on here it's like promotional bump or something and i'm like what the fuck is that but i think me and oxana have learned in the past that if a birthday had come up or something and somebody puts money on your Amazon account, Amazon mm. Prime will just kind of leech that over. So they're like, yeah, dude, this movie's free because we were going through and we're like, why is it free? But they don't say you have a gift card credit. They say, oh, promotional something because we like you. So be wary. If it's cheaper than what? twelve ninety nine to buy, I think. A $7 rental. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe wait, maybe wait for it to hit Tubi. But I liked it. It was fun. Very nice. Well, I'm glad the Holy Trinity of Horror was able to uh, deliver for <laughs> Dude, you. Dude, it was a, it was a, I was worried. But it pulled through. And again, I, 
I'm not also, sure this, why. Also, that's why I was asking because it's like, you know, I, I was getting very um, to-be-heavy vibes coming out of that pick. Yeah, you know what? Oh, dude, Dwight H. Little was the director. My man. Are you related? What's up, D? Oh, dude, he looks like he could be your brother. He looks tight. Yeah, you're right. He couldn't be your brother. Mr. Little has also directed three primetime television movies and 90 hours of that one. Dude, what else is he? Oh, he did Tekken. I thought it said Taken. <laughs> oh, he did an Anaconda sequel? Dude. Oksana, all right, try and book him. Oksana, get his electronic mail. Dude, he did Daytime Divas? Oh, dude, he directed an episode of Bones. Dude, from Dust Till Dawn, the show? Fuck yeah. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Arrow? Man's working. All right. Uh, anything else for our listeners? Uh, we've got Thursday's show in the can. Uh, talking to a dear friend of ours, Robbie Smith, the director. And the lead man of heavy, heavy, low, low, uh, a band. It's, 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 it, I always get a kick out of the people we talk to and, uh, they bring up Robbie's band somehow. Yeah, I know. You know, it's, uh, the, the ever extending arms of heavy, heavy, low, low. And go coast to he's coast. He's the type of dude who, if he knew that you would say that right now, he'd probably be like, Hey, can you not mention that? Yeah. yeah. And I respect it. He wants to be known. He wants to have a different career in film than in music. And he doesn't want, I guess, the crutch of having people who love him and, and appreciate him as an artist in one path coming over to the other. It drives me fucking crazy. Well, Robbie, Robbie's a true artiste. I know. I know. And he wastes time with us. And I love it. Again, you need to have a higher <laughs> viewpoint of yourself. No. In your output. Hey, it's me and Randy. Randy gets it. Not this Randy, the Randy in the passenger. Purple beltless True. Randy. No, the purple belt Randy would beat purple, up Randy. Purple beltless Randy. <laughs> purple beltless Randy would get punked by purple belt Randy. That's right. Randy, watch the passenger. I really, man, if I had I more will, time, yeah. I would have made a, I would have made a clip show. There's a lot of drops in there of people like saying Randy and a hilarious thing after. Like, Randy, wake the fuck up. Or like just <laughs> shit like that. Like it's so good. All right, Randy. Oh, wait. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I was watching the uh, Blu-ray Tuesday where Terrell was talking about it. I was like, this sounds like this might happen to me soon. So uh, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> if somebody shows up at the warehouse with a gun, Randy, just leave. Just Don't the, stand Just there. the second half where someone <laughs> takes me on a car ride and tells me that I need to, uh, you know, stick up for myself. Well, fortunately, that didn't happen to you uh, on the highway there. It didn't turn into a falling down scenario. <laughs> That's true. I did think about leaving my car there. But, yeah. Uh, d- did you end up going to work that day? No. Yeah, I was about to say. It's, uh, how long were you on, stranded on the highway? Uh, it took a while for AAA to get there. I don't know. Probably like an hour total at, b- between when it, the accident happened and then when a uh, tow truck came. Did the guy stay? No. He, his, uh, his car got towed pretty quickly and then uh what because the i had to wait for triple a uh they were far out of the way so it took a while was the guy cool <laughs> no comment we'll see you next week. thank you for listening to this episode of the overlook hour and if you would like to hear more please subscribe to us on apple podcast spotify or whatever your podcatcher of choice is and while you're there 
go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater, Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Stat. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye.